Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Today, our guest is Ines Temple, and she is the president of LHH, DBM, Peru and Chile. And that is the leading career transition and talent development organization for both countries. And think about that the leading agency in two countries, and she's running it. So she has a lot of wisdom. That company and Ines have done outplacement services and HR consulting to executives and other workers throughout the world. And she's published over 900 articles and videos on topics such as the world of work, personal branding and employability, and her book, You Incorporated, Your Career is Your Business, has been a top bestseller among business books in Peru since 2012. And it's now available in English, which is really exciting. And so she's going to be talking about that a little bit later. But Ines, as I turn this over to you to introduce yourself a little bit more. Could you also share with us, in addition to what else you would like to say about yourself, I'm interested in knowing how you grew yourself to become one of the top three business people in all of Peru three years in a row. So welcome, first of all, and share that. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Sarah, for the invitation. I'm very happy to be spending some time with you this afternoon. Well, I guess like everyone else, I've worked hard, (laughs) very hard, but um, I guess I've been always blessed because um, what I do as work is basically my passion. I, I thrive every day having the opportunity to work with people who are changing careers, people who are thinking about what success means to them, uh, I work with people that need to get some orientation about what's next for them in their career, sometimes in their, in their lives, and the ability to help people that has been let go, and sometimes it has a, it's, it are in a very down point in their lives, helping them put themselves back together and um, refreshing their ideas of who they are and what is that they need to become relevant again and find a new career, a new position, a new business, provides me with so much energy and happiness and fulfillment that I I truly enjoy what I'm doing. I think I'm, I'm an extremely lucky person for that. Now, when you started out in your career, did you start with that being what you wanted to do? Or did you just kind of, kind of mold yourself into that role as you grew professionally? I started because of a very difficult personal uh, situation. We were living uh, with my husband, an extremely successful banking executive and our three small children. And uh, my husband was silently uh, fired. And uh, he has always been top of his class. He went to the best universities around the world. He had an extremely successful career. So we never had any savings because next year's bonus was going to be even larger than the last. So um, we found ourselves in a foreign country, no savings, no no job, not so many friends or connections. And uh, those were very tough times for us. And we didn't know how to do it, how to uh, face that situation. And I did everything wrong. You know, I asked my husband every day if he had already found the job. I wasn't working at the time. I was raising the kids. I didn't have the visa for that. And I will call our friends to ask for a job for my husband. And, um, you know, we'll, we were basically hanging CVs almost in the supermarkets. I mean, we did everything terribly wrong. So when uh, 
I, I went to school in New York, NYU, and when I got a magazine just by chance from my school with an article about outplacement, I thought it was fascinating that the, this concept exists, that they were, you know, outplacement is this process that makes sure that some people are let go with dignity and respect, and then there will be help to find their new path in their professions, in their careers. So I called them. And I said, hello, my name is Ines. I live in Peru because we had to move back to Peru. And uh, I would love to work with you. And this was 26 years ago and Peru was not in their map. I mean, remember, globalization came later. So I was like, where is Peru? And they said, no, we have no interest in opening an office in Peru. But I kept insisting so hard. And so I called them so many times. I sent them so many faxes. It was prior. We had internet. That at the end, they decided, okay, go ahead, open the office there, you know, take the, the risk financially yourself. And, and please don't call us anymore. So... I did. I started, people thought I was crazy. Who, who are going to pay me to help uh, those who are fired find new positions? It was like, this is crazy. But for me, it was a mission. It was a way of healing myself from all the things that we did wrong. My husband really never recuperated from that experience. Uh, he died a few years later at 43, a heart attack. So having my, my, only myself to raise the children, I had to work double double shift in my own business but um i, I found uh, the, the opportunity to help it was it's good was good for my soul was good for my finances was good for for my life my children's life so here i am still doing the same even though i do a lot of social work now and i, I i'm a board member in many companies i'm also i sit in many boards for non-for-profits this is still my my my, my passion you know I don't want people to do everything wrong like I did. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you here. And um, as we were talking a little bit before we went on to the recording, I got to start my day speaking with someone from Peru. And now you're my last conversation today. So as I share with you, I'm, I have the Peruvian bookends. I'm really excited. So I do have a question for you. You know, you talked about, in some of the things I've read of yours, you talked about it being a benefit for each of us to identify our own ideas of success. Can you talk a little bit more about why that is and why that matters? I guess that we all really need to, to find what is that we want to do, where is it we want to go, where is it that we want to be. We need to find our goals. Our, we need to find our dream. And in order to, to, to get there, what I see is that, I don't know, 90% of the people I talk to, they just leave. They don't have a plan. They don't have a, an objective. They, they take life as it comes. So they are never loyal to themselves and to their dreams because they don't have any. And many, many people think that success is something that, that happens to somebody else. And we all live with lots of excuses why cannot be successful? So I think that, first of all, we need to understand what's successful for, success for us. Because everybody has its own uh, combination of things that make us feel successful. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to do with work or financial uh, success. For somebody it will be spiritual peace, family life. Whatever your own definition is, has to be your own. Not your parents, not your children, not your spouses, not your neighbors. And that, I think, it's, it's key. Because once we have a goal, 
a destiny. It's like, you know, I don't know if you use ways, but once you enter the, the direction, the destiny where you're going, the path will show itself. Sometimes it's long, sometimes it's hard, but at least you know how to do, where to go, and you focus all your energy in that direction. So, and that idea of being loyal to yourself is critical. We have to be able to be working at least, I don't know, 10 hours a day, but working on things that we truly enjoy, things that we are passionate about, and things that we are good at. Because, you know, if not, it's suicidal. <laughs> I mean, it's like me trying to work at a, home, at a restaurant or trying to become a singer. I have no skills whatsoever for any of those things. But, but I, I was able to find my skills, to find my passion. And uh, after that, everything is uphill. I mean, downhill, it's, it's so much easier. Who is uphill? I don't know how to better describe that. So how did you find, I mean, you talked about the circumstances that put you in the position to actually start doing the work and taking, you took a huge risk to start the company in your own country, basically, as they said, quit bugging us, but do it. How did you know that that was your passion? Did you, what'd you do to actually dig in and and ascertain that? I had this mission. I had a purpose. And my, my purpose was to, to make sure nobody felt that pain that we felt as a family because we had no one to guide us. And that uh, mission, which became very clear to me, manifested itself uh, when I talked to clients, when I talked to different companies, making them understand the importance of treating with respect. When we work with them to make sure that the process of letting go people is a very respectful process that takes care of the dignity and self-respect of people. For that, it, it's, that's very important. That moves me, makes me feel well about it. And then working with people that have, that have to find their dreams, their passions, their destinies, that makes me feel very good. And I guess that when you truly enjoy something, naturally you will become good at it. I mean... Uh, and, and I guess, you know, I, I always speak about that with my children because sometimes it takes a lot of time or it takes a while to, to find that that will move you. And uh, I tried several things before, like anyone, anybody else, and until that make me, that, that you know, what I, what I do resounds with my soul and uh, makes all my energy channels open. And I, 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 it's like... When I, I'm doing what I love, like everybody, anybody else, I, I feel light. I, I'm in a flow. I guess that we are our best when we are in a flow. I would agree with you. Can you, you talked about it being important for people, whether or not they're business owners or workers, um, to have an entrepreneurial mindset and how that mindset is different from an employee mindset. It's very different. An entrepreneur knows that has to uh, have new clients every day, that has to provide the best service possible, that has nobody by him, himself or herself to, be, to, keep, to keep themselves relevant and uh, to keep their skills updated. They're, they're very focused on competition. They're very focused on the market. When we, are, when we fall into complacency because it's, it's, uh, we have a, a check that arrives at our bank account every month, we tend to forget that what we have, it's, it's, it's a client. We tend to develop kind of a 
I don't mean weird, but different type of relationship with our bosses, our companies. Sometimes we are not even happy or we don't even like them. So our attitude changes and we just go to work. And we tend to believe that we are paid to go to work. And the reality is no, that we are paid to add value, to create value, to do, to do things of value, and that we have to have the, the skills and the relevance and, and all the abilities in order to remain competitive every day. So uh, the, the problem with uh, uh, forgetting about that is that people just go to work without thinking in the future. And when you are uh, a worker, you may not have a future the next day if the company for any reason, uh, other than you can be the best worker in the whole company, but companies change, leadership changes, companies get acquired, merge. Anything, everything happens. And then one day from the other, you may find yourself again in the job market looking for a job. And if we are not prepared, if we are not competitive, if we haven't developed a strong reputation or, market, or personal brand, if we don't have a good level of employability, we, we may find ourselves in lots of trouble. So explain to us more about how you define a personal brand um, as opposed to a company brand. But so Sarah Box, my personal brand, or if I came to you and you said, hey, let's, let's check out what is your personal brand, what would we do? How would I understand that better? Um, since we, we are a business of ourselves, each of us handle, should at least, uh, that's what I try to do with mine, handle my career as my own business. This is my company. My company is called Ines Tempe. Inc. So, uh, or LLC, it depends. So, it's uh, what I do, my reputation, my work, the results that I create, the value that I add, those are the things that represent me uh, in, in the eyes of others. That's my brand. So, my name will represent this group of uh, qualities and reputation and, 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 and successes that I bring to a potential employer. So that's my brand, and it, but my brand is not only in me. Actually, my brand is seated in other people's minds. I exist, my brand exists in your mind, your neighbor's mind, people who know who I am, people who value who I am, people who value my services, my skills, who know about me, about my reputation, and all of that. So we need to be very aware uh, of how others perceive us, how others perceive the value that we are able to create to, for a companies or an organization, and how well that brand is represented, both in the real world and in the virtual world. Because nowadays, before, any, before anybody gets to know us, they will look at us in the digital universe and see with their own eyes from looking at our pictures, looking at the things we have published about ourselves in LinkedIn, in Facebook, in Twitter, in Instagram, or what platform, whatever platform we choose of, they will make, uh, will they will create in their mind an idea of who we are. And that perception that our brand create about us, it's much stronger sometimes than reality. So we have to make sure that whatever we choose to present ourselves will uh, be the right uh, image that we want to, that represent us. Because at the end of the day, Sarah, we all live from, we all pay schools and we all pay the rent from our work. 
and our work uh, and our level of employability uh, are very dependable on our image and our personal brand. So you talked about um, complacency and how that can be a real, um, actually really a barrier to success um, and job and all of that. Talk a little bit more about that and what you see either in the trends in your work or coming down the way about risk and what we need to be to doing now to be ready for changes in business. Uh, I always say that two of the, the main risks that we all face for our level of employability are arrogance and complacency. And, um, they're kind of opposite and similar. And um, complacency is that attitude of um, feeling that you are okay, that uh, nothing will change, that whoever you are or the, the things you do or the skills you have are good enough, that there is not, not a need to become better, to make a larger effort, to change your attitude, to look outside at the market. It's like when we loosen our arms and our body and decide just to forget about the future. And that's extremely, extremely dangerous. And um, even though everything that I, we are discussing today is kind of obvious, it's very important again. Why? Because, you know, automatization, digital transformation, um, exponential growth, and all of those things that artificial intelligence is, is bringing us and the way it's altering every single business model in every single company around the world, is changing and will change uh, the way we all work. And those huge changes need to find us prepared. Because in every single industry, the way we work and how we do the things that we do today will change. So uh, if we are complacent and uh, the changes arise in our office, uh, we may no longer have a career. Not, not longer, not only in that particular company, but maybe anywhere, because we are outdated. We are off market. And that is something that we really need to start doing and facing today. And you mentioned arrogance as the flip side of that. How does that play into it? Because uh, we, we have spoken about people who may choose to remain complacent. But the, the problem with success, and we see a lot of executives and people, entrepreneurs who become very uh, successful, is that when you are successful, you tend to believe that tomorrow you will be even more successful, that you have the key, that magic key that will open all the doors for you. And um, you tend to forget that that's not part of reality, that you that you do your success from today may not be your success for tomorrow. So arrogant people tend to look at others down. And one thing that I've learned in my life is that the only thing, or one of the things that people will never forgive us for is for looking down at them. And then the arrogant will find herself or himself alone with a bad reputation, with very little or no friends, with a terrible personal brand and um, com with a complicated life. 
Well, let's talk about what we need to do. Um, you had mentioned the importance of soft skills and making sure you have the skills for the changing. So I know just even over the last few years, how much has changed um, with outplacing, not out, well, actually outsourcing, not outplacing, but outsourcing work or working with strategic partners or subcontractors. And that requires a certain skill set from people who, who may have been used to working in an office environment with lots of supervision and support, and now that world's different. What kinds of skills can we be gearing up and leveling up to have so that we're adaptable and relevant? I guess many. <laughs> will be the most important that recruiters are looking for nowadays. They want people that are flexible. That's key. People that have curiosity, that they are willing to unlearn and learn, and learn again faster this time. People that have curiosity for what's going on, that are able of uh, shifting paradigms and opening their minds. They're, they're looking for people who have uh, self-discipline and especially people skills and communication skills. Because even though machines may do basically everything, they, they are still, you we still humans are needed <laughs> for many things. And uh, in order to work successfully in an environment with so many changes, we really need to uh, be able to communicate well, both spoken and in written. And we need to be able to relate well to people, to lead, to lead by example, to, to uh, have authenticity. Basic, normal human skills that we all assume that we have, but we not necessarily may have enough. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Over the course of this podcast, we've been pretty intentional about not using advertising so that we can bring you nothing but inspirational stories. But today, for the first time, I wanted to share with you that there are two opportunities coming up. If you've been considering finding a coach, Now's the time to review the six-week Strategic Vision Achievers mini course or the 12-week intensive course. Find out more information about visiting sarahbox.com forward slash coaching or shoot me an email at sarah at sarahbox.com. Put in six-week or 12-week coaching and I'll follow up with you. Thanks and let's get back to the podcast. Do you find that do you find those skills have diminished and they need to people need to be rebuilding them or so I guess what I'm asking is with the increase of technology and automation all of that have has there been in your experience um, at the same time a decrease in people's paying attention to the other softer skills communication I do I do especially because we all tend to work today uh, longer hours by ourselves. We work at home, we work from different locations. We don't work as much as before in teams, in many areas, or with other people in one-to-one situations. So we tend to work for machines and we tend to forget that we work for people. And uh, at the end of the day, people are still making most of the decisions. Maybe, I don't know, in 10 years, my digital assistant will do all my shopping of clothes <laughs> or choosing the restaurant where I'm going. I'm going. May, may not, that might be great, but we are still people longing for people's approval, 
human contact, human energy, and, and human warmth. And those which are basically personality skills uh, have, have been forgotten a lot. And you can see that in the quality of services of societies that have invested a lot in, into machines and not enough into developing people. So how does that show up? In, like in a real practical way, how do people notice that? Because I'm wondering if the, change, if the change is slow and incremental, then we just start accepting less quality, right? Less interaction. And I'm wondering how, if you were to step back and look at your own business or where you go to work and, and try to evaluate, has my, have my soft skills declined? Have I, you know, all of those things, how we could notice some of those subtle changes so that we could bring our skills back up or improve them? A, a good way to, to know that is through a, a network. I like to call it net, network of trust. The people that we uh, are surrounded with and has to do a lot also with our ability to create new connections. I mean, if, uh, if we're working, uh, we are always invited to, to be, become part of new teams of, or engaging new, new, new social situations and people like us. It's good. It's good for our career. But if, forget, if we forget about uh, our charisma, our warmth, uh, our ability to generate trust, an ability to be trusted as a decent person. I guess uh, ethics and values that uh, may things, even good manners, may things may look at things from the past, like from my you know grandmother's age, are today again things of ultimate uh, importance because we all need that. We are craving to be well treated, well served and to be able to relate to people that are able to give us a good quality of life. You know, even when you go to a store or you go to the gas station or you go to an office, wherever you go, we want to have a good quality of life. And that will always be given to us by people who are centered in their own capability to give back to others. To actually recognize and see another person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love about um, that movie, remember? Uh, Avatar, when they waited oh. to tell us, I see you. Wasn't like, that powerful? I mean, it's still always in my mind. I see you, which means I'm paying you my whole conscious attention. I see you. You are there. I see who you are. That, we are, we tend to forget. Well, and I just, I'm going to relate a story. Actually, one of my mentors had posted this um, thing that happened on he posted in his Facebook feed the other day, and it was it's a great example of what you were saying. So he was going somewhere else, went into, I don't know if it was a convenience store, but anyway, he just went in to purchase something, and and there were a lot of people and only one person working, right? And so that whole, our tendency to get, you know, kind of like, where's the service, rah, 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 getting kind of grumpily, and but he looked at this guy and the guy looked off a little bit, right? And he said, he said, I asked him, this guy says, how are you? And, you know, just that kind of thing you do when you greet somebody. And this man says to the worker, how are you? Are you okay? And he, and he said, I don't know why I asked. I just looked at him and he looked like he needed that question. And the guy's eyes welled up and he said, I, I just heard my father died. 
He just had gotten that information. So he was just trying to hold it together. And he said, can I help you? So he stayed there until someone who, someone was on his way to relieve him. But he said, I was just that close to being frustrated. That service was so slow until I actually saw something was going on with this person and asked. So to your point, it's like we all want to be seen and recognized. And validated. Exactly. So, I mean, I thought, well, knowing this man, that's a perfect story for him because that's kind of how he shows up. But I thought it was a good illustration to a, I see you. You're not just someone who's doing for me, but I see you. So one of the things I'm interested in um, from one of your comments is the need for us to understand our sector. So we're talking kind of globally about skills and stuff, but many of us work within certain business sectors. And, and you talk about the need to understand our sector and our speciality. So where should we start doing that, especially if our current sector is starting, we can already seeing it start to shrink or it, we know it's going total AI, artificial intelligence? Uh, I, I guess um, it's, it's what I do and I've learned how to do it is to be to read, to try to broaden my perspective by reading not only what's going on on Facebook with my friends or you know looking at their Instagram, but spending my time understanding what's going on in the world, not only my country or my city or my town, but in the world, what's going on in different industries, and trying to subscribe to magazines that, um, that speak about technology, even though we may not know a, a single word about technology, but technology is the factor that's bringing all the change. So once we start reading about those things and uh, reading about going to conventions, going to events, speaking with people who I'm making presentations about what's coming with the future, the world of work, what's going on in my sector. We need to step out of our worlds, which tend to become little because we're always in a hurry. We go from the office to the house and we go to the shop and then we go back to the house and, and we immerse in this day that can barely, that barely give us a space to breathe. But we need to put that, that thing to open our minds, our perspective into our, our days. Uh, the other day I was speaking with a friend of mine and, and she said, uh, well, but I have no time because between the children and the work and the exercise. And, and, I, and I think it was mean, but I asked her, did you brush your teeth today? And she said, of course I did. I said, well, but you had time for that. Well, she said, well, that's important. Well, this is what I'm telling you is also important because this will define your future. This will define your level of employability. This will define your capability of paying your bills and your family's bills when, the time, when difficult times uh, show up. So uh, opening your paradigms and your mind, it's, it's you know, investing in ourselves. We, we are the product, we are the service of our own companies. If we don't invest in ourselves, nobody else will do, other than maybe our mothers. But you know, <laughs> mine is gone, so there's only me to, to you know, be, take care of my own. So... That's so funny because you're right. It is important. And once we decide something's important, isn't it true? We, we find the time to do the important things. It's, it's, it all depends on how, do we, how much do we value things. 
And those who we value the most will do. Do you have, you know, you talked about helping people understand their passion and what drives them. Do you have personally and when you work with folks, your clients develop their own um, mission statement or value statement so that it grounds them in what they really matters to them? I always ask them, think of me as your uh, fairy godmother. That's that's how you call it. Fairy godmother, yep. Just imagine for us a second that I am yours. You know, I have my wings and, you know, and I'm here to give you your desired job. Whatever position or, or whatever that is that you really, really want to do in, in life, I'm here to give it to you. But you have to do it to me right now. Most of the people, I will say, nine out of 10 will look at me and they have no idea. And I push them like, tell me, what is that you really want to go to do? They don't know. I say, I'm going to give it to you right now. Tell me, where is that you want to, which company, which position? I mean, I put pressure on them and they don't know. And they don't know because they have never thought about it. So how can you get there if you don't know where you want to go? So once they start thinking about it, and I, you know, I, I give them a couple of ideas how to start, you know, and how to open their eyes. I like to say, I say it in Spanish, but it's to look with your eyes. I mean, like open your eyes, <laughs> use them, and start trying to to think what are the things that you enjoy that you relate with, and come back to me a week after and please tell me now what is that you really want to do. And most of them, when they spend time thinking about it. They, they find, and they and some others, they know what they want to do, but they think they don't, they can never do it, don't deserve it, or they're not underprepared, or they a dream that they had, but, you know, life is difficult, so I abandoned my dreams. And um, that's sad, you know, when we don't have any more dreams. It's, it's, it's it, it, a lot of, you know, people tend to fear into despair. So I love to be, I really love to be their fairy godmother and... Um, help them. It's not that I can give them their desired jobs all the time, but uh, they find that for themselves once they define them in their own minds. When you can put a destination and you can start going in that direction, right? But to your point, if you don't have a dream or a goal, you're just kind of... You're drifting. Yeah, you're drifting. So anywhere you are is kind of where you set out and it may not be serving you at all. And that whole kind of despair thing you talked about is very real. It can be very real. Um, I would like for you, if you would, to talk a little bit about your book. I think it's pretty exciting that it's now in English, that it's been, you know, top of the list since 2012, so seven years. Actually, 2010. Ten? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I'm off by two years, so almost a decade, right? We're coming up on it. Congratulations on that. So talk a little bit about that and the best place for people to, you know, to start in their journey. If they can't call you their fairy godmother, right, but they have your book, where can they go? They just know in their heart what they're doing is not what they want to ultimately be doing. What are the first steps you would have someone do? I would really ask them to sit down and, and, and think hard of, what is that they want to do? Again, it's like if you're the president of your own company, uh, what, uh, like a good president, you should find the direction, destiny. And uh, once you go through that process, you start 
uh, writing down all the skills that you have, all the abilities that you have, all the accomplishments that you have accomplished <laughs> and try to put numbers to them and uh, percentage numbers just to be, uh, be aware of the impact and that you may have created in, a, in your different positions and uh, start thinking about uh, what is that you really need to do next in order to fulfill that dream. That dream may be a wave months in the future, even years in the future. But to start taking the first step, you have to start look, thinking differently and thinking about what you can offer. And uh, trying to understand what is that companies that you are, that where you're going to work are looking for. And try to make a match between their desired profile of people to hire and yours. And if there is a gap, now is the time to start filling up that guy, that gap. Not when you are of, out of work. But now that you may be working, it's the time to start filling the gaps and uh, preparing yourself for, for the competition. Because actually competition is every day. Every day we need to add value. Every day we need to win again our jobs. It's like relationships are. No? Not because... You know, we're married for X amount of years. We can say that we are safe now, that we can assure anyone that our, our, our marriage will last forever. Every day it counts. So, and it's exhausting. <laughs> but, and you know, the older we get, the harder we have to work because competition is always younger and smarter and have more energy. So, um, but it's fun because uh, even though we may be competing with younger people, uh, we tend to gain some wisdom with age. <laughs> Not always, but most of the time. And that and maturity is something that all companies are also valuing, putting value on again. Well, and I go back to the, when we first started talking, you said how you just went after this company, even though they said they weren't interested in stuff, you pursued what you wanted. So you didn't take no as an answer. You just didn't. And so that whole being persistent and sticking with something, even if it takes longer, really is an important aspect in my mind of, of getting where you want to go. I've, I have found that has been a big lesson in my life, that whenever I'm almost very close to get whatever I'm, I want or I need or I desire, things always get complicated. Oh. And I have come to understand that that's life asking me, do you really want it? Do you really deserve it? How far are you going to go in order to get what, whatever you're saying that you want? And I guess that's what makes a difference between those who win and those who lose. Because those who win keep trying and persevere and try harder and never loosen up. It's, it's, it is so much easier to just throw the towel and and pursue a different goal. And I, I am, you know, I'm of the group of people that persevere. My children believe that I'm too persistent. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, so far, you know, there are of course sometimes that you have to abandon the battle before you get uh, more hurt. But most of the times you just need to keep on persevering. Well, abandoning the battle, you know, using your words, you can know that when there's good data that shows you that there's a reason to abandon, not because you're uncomfortable or afraid, right? 
I mean, obviously, if there's a good reason and you're thinking this whole industry just went away, okay, time to shift. But um, I'm uncomfortable. I'm scared. I'm having trouble. Yeah, persistence. So, and I think I would like to meet your kids. I think that would be an interesting conversation about your persistence and what they've learned from it. Because my bet would be it's a lot. Uh, I don't know if they admit that yet. Eventually, when they are much, much older, or when I'm gone. <laughs> That's always, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My, my, my kids are great. But, uh, you know, we sometimes we need to learn our own lessons. And um, I find that it's very smart to learn from other people's experience. But, but we rarely do. <laughs> we rarely do. So I, I appreciate you talking about that need to stay curious um, as a way to stay relevant and, and add value. So Ines, as we wrap this up, what would you like for people to take away and really remember is one question. And the other is what's the best place for people to find you and be able to connect with you in the work that you do? Let me start with the last question. Um, the book, Doing, is everywhere. You can find it online in all the online stores, on all the book libraries, even you, you know, near home, there's one that will have it. And um, I have a webpage, www.inestemple.com. There are hundreds of articles and videos, both in Spanish and English, with a lot of information about the, the things that we do. And you can also always go to the LHH that com page. Uh, there's a lot of information for that uh, available for everyone, and um, and every you know just open your eyes and open your heart and try to be aware of what's going outside our walls. You know we need to 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 dare to go outside our areas of comfort and to dare to to put our minds in in the new thing, whatever that new thing might be for us, because we only like. I'm, completely sure that we only will be relevant if we dare to reinvent ourselves again and again <laughs> and again and again. And that's hard because it, you know, it requires a lot of strength and humility and authenticity. But uh, at the end of the day, we will do it anyway. We can do it at our own pace or somebody else's pace. So let's do it at our own pace. We get to choose. Yes. Mostly. Yes. So, well, I want to thank you so much for um, being a guest on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to sharing you with the listeners and in particular, some who I know are waiting for the information that you just shared today. And we will put links to your pages and the book in the show notes so that folks who go can quickly get there if they didn't pick it up the first time you said it. Thank so, you so much. You're welcome. And it's been a great pleasure. For me too, you're a great interviewer, and I mean, I, I can feel you're a great person and a wonderful. Oh. Thank you. Hey, I think we should visit. I certainly. Now that you have another proven friend, I'm saying we'll do a road trip. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. We hope you liked what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, 
Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no labels, no limits, and no excuses life.